I'm Orlando Bloom, and you're listening to Two Star Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 32 of Two Star Podcast. My name is Graham. I'm here with Adam and Dan. Hi. Hi. Respectively. And uh, it is January... Um, we're recording this on the 13th. We'll probably get out to you on the 14th. 2016. Who'd have thought we'd all live so long? I didn't. Mm. I was convinced we'd be dead by now. I had made uh, no long-term plans in my life on the basis that machines would have risen up and uh, enslaved us by now. And yet again, that's failed to happen this week. So it's looking more and more like uh, I'm in uh, I'm in deep shit. Yeah. In, in in other news this week, we have been sadly dashed in our hopes of a 100% prediction record for this year. Um, thanks to Bruce Forsyth's stubborn unwillingness to pop his clogs uh, mm. before uh, before David Bowie. Although, in fairness, and in defence of our predictions, it's quite hard to tell if Bruce Forsyth is still alive or not. That's true. That's Yeah, that's what I'm basing it on. But then... I would think he probably still didn't die early this year. I think he probably died maybe 15 yeah, or 16 years ago. Yeah, I was going to say, it's going to be like a, a Castro situation. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was technically doing Strictly a couple of years ago, and it would be hard to do that with, like, a, a broom up your bum. So um, I'm going to peg it to at least within a year or so. Mm, I don't think it was within the last two weeks, though, which is uh, what really counts, because uh-huh. Bowie cracked in there and uh, and popped off, yeah. which is a shame. It is. I, it was, uh, I don't know a huge amount about him. I know like the hits and I like them, but I've never mm. listened to an, like a full album and got really in, deep into it because. And where do you start? There's so much there. As it's, uh, I find it impenetrable. Yeah, I, I kind of. I, I, he died, and like my Twitter feed and Facebook and all the BBC website and all that just kind of blew up with, "Oh my God, David Barry is dead! This is like the worst thing. He inspired me. He was a shining light to my generation." I'm sitting thinking, um, "Right, I don't, I don't, I don't. I never really listened to his stuff. I, the stuff I've heard is quite nice. Um, so yeah, it was quite nice because I guess it means I'm still at least slightly young. Mm. I mean, he was proper, wasn't he? He was proper music." Yeah. Uh, not just doing one thing and sticking with it and, uh, and milking it until no milk came from that particular teat. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there were people who were genuinely inspired by him, but I find it difficult to believe that virtually everybody on the internet was like their entire life was motivated by his works. I think it's fair to say that if you were on the X factor at any point in your life, you probably weren't inspired by him. Yes. I think that's a reasonable assumption. Yeah, so it, it, he kind of is like the first person to die who was there for the real start of the internet generation. Because we're not quite the vanguard of internet peoples. We're a little behind that. Speak for yourself. Yeah, I would say that we are exactly that generation. Oh, I mean, fine. I suppose we didn't work at DARPA. And, but... you know, I mean, I was, we're slightly predated by, like, you know, 2800 modems and... BBSs, but I think our generation is certainly the one in which the internet became accessible for average people who didn't work at a research institute or a university. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So anyway, that's uh, yeah, that's that's what happened this week. David Bowie died. Um, people were understandably sad, and um, a lot of his stuff got played on the radio. 
which uh, in a way was nice. And it is because what I tend to find is that most of the time that somebody plays a Bowie track on the radio, my first reaction is, oh, I'd forgotten this was a David Bowie track. Mm, yeah. Mm. I think every time I listen to David Bowie, I think, oh, yeah, I really like David Bowie. And then I should listen to more of him, and then I don't. And, you know, I've got the greatest hits because that's all I've really dabbled with. But, um, it, yeah, I would say it's a loss to music. Um, and I don't know. Uh, I didn't really understand why people um, got so upset about Lemmy dying. I mean, obviously he was a character, but I can name you two Motorhead songs, and he wrote that other one that Ozzy Osbourne sang. Yeah, I mean, I think is the reality is, like, yes, I think it okay. is kind of sad that anyone dies, but you're right. I think David Barry has slightly greater claim to have greatly inspired people and influenced their lives than Lemmy. Although I suppose, to be fair, he did kind of, he, you know, Motorhead did kind of create that sound. So he was relatively influential. Mm. And then uh, at the weekend, someone uh, from a film or something died or something as well. It was a DJ as well, didn't he die? Oh, did he? I think so. Mm-hmm. Oh, what, sure a, it was a DJ. like a radio DJ? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, one who hadn't been touched by U-Tree, so that narrows the pool quite a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Worth it. I'm not convinced. Oh, uh, Stewpot, wasn't it? That's the one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so he who died, so... Um, Stewpot? Jesus. What? Because his name... His name's Stewpot. It was, just it, was a happier, it was a happier time when yeah. people didn't take the piss out of you for having stupid names. Well, just to be thankful he wasn't fucking children. What I was yeah. going to say, someone with a nickname Stewpot that they use like in a public and professional environment, that's right at my at the top of my list of people I would suspect you three would want to have a long word with. Well, yeah, exactly, and I expect it probably was, which means the fact that he didn't get caught up on it means he must be clean. They'd have gone to him first, cleared him, fine, good enough for me. Um, so he can he can call himself what he likes if he's not fiddling with, uh, with underage girls. Hmm. Anyway, um, enough of uh, who has died. Here's um, a thing. You know um, the sexy time? I do. I do. Uh, Most sexy, but sure. So it's obviously, you know, not ideal the way we've sort of come on in contraception for women and men are stuck with just sticking a bit of rubber over it. I mean, women can have bionic implants and, um, well, pills. That's about it, to be fair, isn't it? But it, it's still, it's very much the burden is on them. There's that, there's that weird bit of copper. Oh Jesus Christ, that looks terrifying. It really does. Yeah, and uh, but anyway, is you know the the burden is very much placed on the women because I suppose you know a woman gets pregnant, it's her problem, isn't it really? Mm-hmm. Um, but men can now have a special valve put into their, um, well, to use the technical uh, medical term, their ball bags. Um, you have a little valve put on each of your uh, clackers, and you can turn them on and off. Do you get like a little sort of stopcock wheel that you have to turn? Well, well hang on. I don't think it's too far from the truth, yeah. Cause... But you have like a separate one for each ball? Uh, yeah, because yeah, yeah, there's, a, there's a pipe from each, isn't there? But there's, well, no, um... but they do join up. It's not like two wires all the way down to yeah, the end. I mean, unless, you want, unless you want like a, a, a stopcock on your cock. <laughs> Which Hello. would be great for the pun value alone, but I think where they join up isn't probably accessible um, 
with, that you know, point, with a little well just like jam a cork in the end of it. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, or I mean, you, you could just use some crocodile clips to clamp them, couldn't you? Which would also um, mean that you wouldn't want to have sex after that. So that's double safe. So um, if I could just read you this uh, this this story, um, a German carpenter has invented a valve which he claims will revolutionise contraception by allowing a man to turn the flow of sperm from his testicles on and off at the flick of a switch. Uh, The idea came to him 20 years ago when he was watching a television documentary about contraception. When he discovered no one had ever filed a patent for such device, he developed his own. Instead of thinking, probably a reason that nobody's patented this. Um, So, yeah, basically it's a little... That well, yeah. I mean, it's a valve. <laughs> I don't know how I can dress this up. It goes onto the the sperm pipe, uh, one on each, and there's a little switch that you presumably through the scrotum you can flick to activate or deactivate your nads. It's like one of those outdoor light switches with like the rubber covering over it. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Just hope it's not one of those motion control, motion sensitive ones for the outdoor floodlight. <laughs> on, off, on, off, on, off, on, off, on. Yeah, no. Yeah, but. I mean, a few issues with this. Firstly, what if you forget which way is on? Like, because you're not going to be able to see the switch. So, what if you forget if it's up or down? I presume, like, that it also has some kind of built-in lighting system that that colours your balls red or green. Well, that would be very That's handy, wouldn't it? Be an extra feature. You could have like Christmassy balls. Yeah, it's some nice mood lighting as well. That's why you want the option to turn them off and on independently. So you have one red and one green. That's true. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's it, dep- it also means it's, it kind of gets into eugenics because one ball has got boy sperms and one ball has got girl sperms. Everyone That's knows true. this. Yeah. So, the, you know, the Chinese are going to love this. They'll just flick off the girl sperms and uh, away they go. Um, so how, how much is this going to set me back? Well, I don't think it's got to the point of being um, a, a marketable product yet. Um, I think sure. he, he is looking for people to undergo tests, <laughs> which is, yeah, fine. Excuse me, um, mate, uh, do you mind if I put some valves in your balls? It's like, who are yeah. you? I'm, I'm just a carpenter, um, but, you know, it'll be great. It may or may not surprise you to learn that uh, some doctors have expressed concerns over the new technology. <laughs> um, no, really? Yeah, uh, one doctor said that um, it could cause scarring, where it meets the uh, some words that I can't say, which probably just means dick or something, uh, and it could prevent sperm flowing even when the valve is open. He also warned the valve could become clogged over time if left closed. <laughs> so the problem is, right? It sounds like you'd need a plumber to sort these things out. Yeah, well, yeah, you're gonna have to get a man in, aren't you? You're not gonna be able to. It's not a DIY thing. Um, it's a bit rough to jam a plumber's snake down the end just to clear the blockage. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Get dino rod out. <laughs> Screw, I'm sure to get that someone's screwing more rods on. It's not mine. Mm. So Ooh. it's uh, yeah. Um, I mean, if you if you don't want to have a vasectomy, then instead you can just have some valves popped on, and um, I can't imagine they would ever uh, fail. So yeah, excellent. Um, well, I think we're all better off uh, for knowing that. Um, Mm. Staying on the subject of knackers and sperm, um, my attention was drawn this week to a blog post uh, that was put out by Pornhub, the well-known purveyor of filthy videos, um, with some statistics about their 
Christmas viewings. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it'd be interesting just to have a look at, you know, what goes on at Christmas with the uh, the more pornographic sites on the internet. Oh, it's a day for uh, family, isn't it? So you're it always going to get you have to got to, got to cater to everybody's tastes. So we'll start mm. at the beginning. Uh, popular Christmas related searches. So what do you think is the the most popular? Well, how how are they defining Christmas related? Is it just that these were done on Christmas Day no, no, or around Christmas time? For things that are Christmassy in nature. So this is people specifically going on Pornhub and thinking, "I'm going to have a Christmas wank." <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, that's frankly bizarre, isn't it? So the most popular search term by a wide margin was Christmas, which okay. shows that most of the people visiting Pornhub are not particularly imaginative. Yeah, well, I mean, that's fair enough, isn't it? Number so, two was Santa. Okay, so Santa bending over an elf, I guess. Yeah. Like that. Uh, yeah. Number three was Christmas present. Right, so a dick in a box, maybe? Number four was Mrs. Claus, spelt incorrectly. Uh, spelt as in the legal clause rather than... But that's the um, that's the sequel to the Santa Claus. Yes. Maybe people are just trying to bootleg the. Uh, the it's totally possible. And uh, number five is Elf. Um, it will okay. shock you to know, having just typed in Christmas into Pornhub, um, it looks literally like all the normal porn you'd expect. It's just that they're wearing Christmas hats. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I think. Well, I'm never looking at normal porn again now that I know that exists. After <laughs> after the top five. It uh, descends very much into fun things like Xmas sex, uh, Christmas anal, uh, Twinkmas, uh, XXXmas, and Santa blowjob. Well, yeah, XXXmas is uh, clever, but I it think is. maybe too subtle. Um, mm. So the other interesting statistic they had is the traffic changes on Christmas Day. So the relative change in the amount of people from each country that are visiting Pornhub on Christmas Day. So the biggest reductions are Australia and the UK, mm-hmm. which saw a thirty percent drop in traffic. That big, goodness. So I obviously, say, as someone who was single over Christmas, I don't think it's so much that my porn viewing habits would change over Christmas, but you're so full and you're so tired, the mind is cracking one out. Yeah, Boxing Day. Once you've had your shit, then you're ready to go. So it's it's quite interesting. United States is only a 19% drop. Mm -hmm. Um, You get slightly further down, you start getting to Sweden, only a 4% drop. Oh, those Swedes don't give a fuck, do they? Then you get to the fun ones. Japan, 2% increase. Yeah, day off. India, 4% increase. Nice. Russia, 13% increase. That's sticking it to America, isn't it? Now, as somebody pointed out, Russia does celebrate Christmas like Russian Orthodox celebrates Christmas on like the 7th of January or something. So, yeah, I was going to say, uh, they probably uh, have it a week later. And might explain it. No one in Japan really gives a shit about Christmas, Yeah, uh, which might explain their, their small increase in wanking. Mm. Um, Everybody uh, they deal with in America is off for the holidays, so they've got a bit of extra time. Yep. To, uh, uh, you'll be pleased to know that uh, in terms of the device breakdown, um, 62% of visits were on a phone. Yep, new phone. Um, Get it out... Unwrap your new phone. Yep, first lots thing you of do. people sitting at Christmas dinner. Yeah. Phone out. Under the table. Exactly. Grandma um, never knows. Only 9% on a tablet compared to 29% from a desktop or laptop machine. Mm. So obviously not a lot of people getting new to new tablets at Christmas. I suppose the Apple store is closed, isn't it? So people mm. can't go in there and just leave it. That's true. Built up in, uh, on the um, screen. The last thing they provided is a, a UK-specific breakdown. Um, so growth searches... Um, in in the UK only over Christmas. Searches for growths. Yes, 
Uh, no. So the biggest increase uh, over Christmas is a three and a half thousand percent increase search for Christmas present. Right. Which okay. I think is probably just men doing a last minute desperate attempt to shop <laughs> because they realise they've forgotten to get anything. And they've just auto- on autopilot gone to Pornhub yeah. <laughs> instead of Google. Um, the, the rest oh, of the breakdown of the top five uh, is Christmas Blowjob, mm-hmm. uh, Santa Anal, Mm-hmm. Uh, Christmas hentai and Naughty Santa's helper. Naughty Santa's Christmas helper. Hentai. Yes. People want normal hentai at Christmas. Yeah, people, it's just weird. You want That's somebody being fucked by a Christmas squid. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then from then on, it doesn't really seem to be hugely. It's just a. There's quite a lot of searches that are basically just regular porn search with Christmas in front of it. Mm. Although, one of my favourite from the UK breakdown of the uh, top. I think it's like 20, is Xmas Chav Blowjob. I am kind of hoping that that's searched for by all of the various sort of sexually repressed husbands out there, desperately trying to work up the courage to ask their wife for a blowjob. But they wouldn't normally get because it's Christmas. A Chav, a chav Blowjob? Well, I don't know. There's lots of Chavs out there. I saw that um, chav, chav Blowjob was in the uh, UK's top 10 um, porn search terms like last year anyway. And that's not something I've ever thought of searching of I no, didn't even no, know that was a genre no I'd assume it's um, a lot of MPs probably uh, mm. yeah. uh, yes let's see what they're missing out on so I think this gives us a uh, you know fascinating insight into something or other uh, Christmas wanking habits yeah Dan did you have a nice Christmas wank I know you've already said you were, you were too full well the problem was of course that um, we also had family rounds and so I was sharing a room and that kind of puts crimp on the whole business too. So I kind of had to wait till mm-hmm. later in the year. It's not ideal, is it? It's not. Also, I got woken up at seven in the morning by two five-year-olds playing with police cars. So um, not desperately conducive yeah. to relaxing and cracking. Not really the ideal time, no. 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 Well, um, thanks for... Pre- oh, does it have a um, breakdown of the UK by region? Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't go into that much detail. Uh, I'm sure they do have the statistics, but they haven't published them on their blog. Yeah, I'd like to know Surrey versus Midlands versus Yorkshire. That would be quite interesting. Uh, they quite them. often do like national breakdowns, which are always quite interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it would be quite interesting to see the difference between like the southeast and like Dorset and Manchester and Scotland. I mean, I think Dan would probably skew it heavily away from from our favour. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, um, let's have an update from the war room. How's it going with your lady friend? Okay, so lady friend is going well. Uh, we had a very pleasant uh, date on Sunday. We went round an exhibition of Celtic art, which was actually much less dull than it sounds. Um, had a really nice time. It couldn't be any more dull. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Um, yeah, and then we went to a Dutch restaurant to make pancakes, and they were delicious. Mm, well done. I didn't know there were Dutch restaurants. I didn't know I there were pancakes in restaurants. So I, I think, uh, so as your um, official advice givers, uh, mm-hmm. I think you really need to, at your earliest convenience, introduce her to uh, where you're junk, frankly. Well, I, I have been agonising over that, because obviously I'm, I'm, I've not been on the dating scene very much, and, um, you know, I understand from the cool kids these days, as they, they call themselves, that it is, you know, part of the process of courting a lady that you should send her a picture of your penis or a dick pic in the vernacular. 
Um, a penis photograph, I believe, is the technical yes, term. But I just don't know the appropriate sort of rituals around that. Is it just at random? I should whip out my junk and take a photo, because that might upset some people at work. Um, should I send it to her at work so that she can compare it with her girlfriend's dick pics? Or, um, or when? I, I just don't know. I think you need to do it by stealth. Um, what you need to do is okay. like, take a picture of like a really cute puppy or rabbit or something, but mm-hmm. just have uh, your dick just in the corner. <laughs> and then if she notices it, she'll be so like pleased that there's a lovely rabbit or whatever that she won't mention it. That'll be fine. And if she notices it and is horrified, you can just say it was an accident. Um, you might have to do some creative thinking around that. I haven't, I'm just the ideas guy. I don't really back no, anything up. I like this. Uh, and if she likes it, she'll go, oh, nice penis. And you say, uh, yes, it is. Thank you very much. I'm glad you noticed. I've got some more where that came from. And then you get <laughs> Wait, no more pictures, I mean. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if she, if she doesn't like it, if she objects and says... Because obviously, if you just send somebody a picture of your knob and they don't like it, you can't really back out of that. It, it's yeah, you, you can't really lie about your intentions. If it's a picture of something else that... You go for the old uh, the eBay classic of um, like having yourself in a mirror. Reflection of your knob. Exactly, just the reflection of your knob next to a, a, like a lovely kitten or something. And then she goes, "Oh my god, what do you put your dick in that picture for?" I'm I'm horrified. You can just say, "Oh, it was it was an accident. I'm so sorry," and do a bit of groveling. Mm, yeah, well, fair enough. Well, I like this. Um... Or if you don't want to freak out too much, send her a picture of somebody else's dick because then. She can't be annoyed at you because it's not your dick. Or, no, you can shift the blame entirely. Get someone else to send her a picture of your dick. Oh, perfect, yeah. Then it's not your fault because it was someone else that did it. Yeah. And it's your dick. Yeah. But the only person Win-win. we know in common is an HR director of one of the hospitals. Oh. Of the hospitals that we both work at. Well, no, he'll know how to do that. He'll know. No, no, it'll be perfect. He'll know exactly how to get away with it without anyone finding out. Yeah, perfect. He, you, he, he'll know how. He'll find a loophole so nobody gets sacked. But maybe somebody gets sucked. Well, maybe. I mean, that that would obviously be the um, the desired outcome. You know, God, I hope she never listens to this. But um, <laughs> <laughs> never mind. There's nothing like torpedoing a relationship before it's even really got started with your um, man torpedo. Anyway, I think uh, that segment of the podcast was brought to you by the Lad Bible. What yes. crazy great lads we are having some top bants about Dan. To be fair, if it was actually brought to us to do them by the Lad Bible, we would do so by simply not mentioning that it was brought to them by the Lad Bible and claiming it was all our own idea. Well, we would have just pasted yeah. some audio from another podcast. Yeah. So. Yeah, we didn't steal it, so it's not ours. No. Yeah. Well, in that case, it was just brought to you by I don't know. Dick pics. Uh, Snapchat. Snapchat. That's what Snapchat's for, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, enough uh, talk about dicks and and such. Um, I believe Daniel, you'd like to discuss with us some uh, conversations between Tony Blair and Bill Clinton. Well, I did, and I was crushed because um, I saw these wonderful tweeted conversations of them having the most banal and weird conversations, and then someone told me they were fake. And that literally ruined my entire day because they were so funny. So the, the Vaker was brilliant. Um, basically, a conversation between the leader of the free world, Bill Clinton, and obviously prominent putter of dick in ladies that are not his wife, and holier-than-thou terms, um, about why Leeds Castle isn't actually in Leeds. It has all been made up with whole cloth. But anyway, I was sort of quite worried and somehow quite comforted that, you know, the people 
that dominated the news that uh, you know can invade other countries and all that are basically just as boring as we are. I don't think they're There's just no, as like, boring as we are. No, but they are. That's the point. Nobody Those transcripts read like the two-star podcast, except we don't like hate Palestine or Israel, which that turns well, they both do. We don't not publicly. Well, yeah, okay, fair enough. We like being alive, um, but yeah, they were just banal and, and dull, and two random middle-aged men having a conversation that you might see at a shitty dinner party in Islington. And I found this. I can't. I don't know how I feel about it. And it's very weird. Do you have any examples? Um, I did. I closed them down because they were boring. Oh, well done. Yeah, I know. This isn't the best it's, segment. No. It's it's one of those things where obviously you you just kind of assume that the prime minister has conversations with the president of the United States, and yeah, you, know, you just have to make the assumption that it's critical matters of national security or defence plans or talking about some. Like climate summits or trade agreements, but actually, when you think about it, probably that never happens because that's all handled by functionaries, civil service, like various government ministers, all the rest of it. Like short of sort of mm. nuclear holocaust, it's probably just like they call up for a chat mm. like and I'd talk Im- about what computer games they've been playing and stuff. Yeah, and I'd imagine that like the president's probably like feels a bit put upon by the prime minister of the UK bringing them up. Because you mm. would, yeah. like you know, it's it's very much that kind of oh god, it's Tony again. Uh, was he like, can you can you get rid of him? It's like no, he's insisting on speaking to you. Oh god, last time he just wouldn't stop going on about Cherie and I can't. Can't you get him to call Germany instead? They're closer. Why don't he go and play with them? Yeah, mm. I don't think it's uh, it's the kind of thing where the president is eagerly awaiting the next phone call from David Cameron. Like, if you were Obama, like, can you imagine every time that somebody comes to the office and says, you know, Mr. President, uh, David Cameron is on the phone, and... Tell him I'm not fucking here! I would would like to think that uh, Obama would just fill his conversations with Cameron with pig puns. Yes. That'd be amazing. Um, I don't think that's that far-fetched, really. No. He does seem well, like as we, as we established, Well, as we established, he's, he is planning to go into stand-up when he finishes his, his <laughs> term in true, office. Yeah. So, yeah. you know... You want to get those jokes in now. Practice the material. Yeah, um, I, I would imagine he's he's got some good uh, ham based. Uh, he's probably got like a crack team of uh, writers on it for him, and he just delivers them to Cameron as he's like phoning him up and yeah, he's saying, commissioned most of the late night TV show joke writers to do do material for when he's on the phone with other world leaders. Because mm. I mean, you would, can frankly. You, can you imagine being that? That being your job title, though, presidential special advisor on pig-based jokes. Well, you wouldn't be able to tell anyone, would you? No. Well, no, but you'd know. Oh, yeah, you'd know, yeah. be top secret. The kind mm. of thing where if you told anybody, you'd just disappear. Hmm. Nobody wants to, you know, the, the words get out that the president doesn't write his own jokes. Yeah, yeah. He's, mm. uh, he does his, all, all his own stunts as well. Yeah. yeah. That's why you see him, like, you know, parachuting out of Air Force One into the middle of a football stadium to, like, give an address to the people. Mm. Yeah, and that's actually him. Like, because you couldn't fake that. Nope. No, it'd be. Uh, I mean, you can't do special effects at a live um, event, can you? No. It would take ages for somebody to draw it all into a computer and stuff. They wouldn't be able to broadcast that in a with a five second delay. We haven't got the technology. It's just no, not possible. It doesn't exist. Um, so it's all real. Mm. Uh, which, 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 you know, 
on the upside gives us the opportunity for somebody to potentially push Donald Trump out of an aeroplane and see what happens. It, just in the name of science, obviously. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like his wig would be a reasonable aerofoil. Like he could sort of float to safety holding his wig up like a, a parachute. What I don't get about Donald Trump's hair is, I mean, it's not a wig, obviously, because you a wig wouldn't be that bad. Unless he's got it but, on backwards or something. Well, no, but everything in his life is like, bigger is better. So I think mm. he just thinks that it's a fucking enormous wig. It's therefore the best wig. He'd have like a flat high, flat top fade or something if he thought he could get away with it. It's just the way it sort of comes down over his forehead. It, it, it can't be... Like, no wig maker would ever think... I, know no, I, just, I just think the only bit of his hair that still grows is like the back. So he's basically grown a mullet and he's just combing it forward over his head. Yeah, I think that's... To cover the bald spot. Mm. I mean, it's really thin as well, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah I think that is uh, probably exactly what's happening there. A bit of double-sided sticky tape just by the forehead just to kind of, you know, keep mm. it down. That's mm. why, if the, you know, it's a bit of heavy wind. It just... Well, I'm glad we're uh, tackling all of the, the big issues this week. Well, mm. you know, I, I, I don't I think feel anyone's made any Trump hair jokes ever before. We're breaking new ground here. No, it's true. I mean, because... I guess it's you know, too obvious. Mm. So I uh, went to see the Star Wars on my birthday last week. I haven't I've seen, seen it yet. I've seen the Star Wars. It was excellent, I thought. I, I thought it was very good. Um, I, I had some issues with it, but nothing major. Um, they were mostly kind of minor plot points, and by all accounts, one of them has been answered as it looks like they actually cut a scene out that would explain what happened. So I'm less annoyed by it. Is that a bit like in the Avengers where Thor just went and had a bit of a splash around in a paddling pool? No, it was what I thought was a continuity error, but it turns out that if they'd had the scene that they were going to have, it would have explained the continuity error. So it's not actually as bad as I thought. Oh, well, fair enough. Um, but yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Like A lot of people have complained that it's basically just a rehashing of episode four. Yeah, I think that's fine, though. I, I don't, don't think that's a problem. That's like, what I wanted. Well, this yeah. is the thing. Like They basically had to reboot Star Wars without actually rebooting Star Wars. And... I don't think that they could have really got away with just getting a whole load of brand new characters and going, look, this is Star Wars now. And so having the kind of a bit of a transition with the old characters and and the rest of it, I think, works quite nicely. I felt that it was Star Wars without just waving and going, look, look, I'm Star Wars. Yeah, I think Um, will be really the the real decider will be episode eight. Yeah, I think so, yeah. To see if they can actually do something with it. But I thought on the whole it was really good. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was. I would think for a film with that much expectation, that much hype around it, to be consistently impressing people and leaving them satisfied is pretty amazing, really. Yeah, I mean, like it had a hell of a lot of hype to live up to. Yeah, um, um, I think it did well. So uh, that's again, we're breaking new ground here by recommending that people see Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. No, but no, I, I do. I do recommend it. Um, you know, yeah, still, it's still, it's still in cinemas, so it is the kind of film you want to see in the cinema because it looks very pretty. Mm. Mm. So, uh, before we go, because we've pretty much run out of things to talk about now, uh, now that we're weekly, um, we're going to be stretched even thinner than we were before, so that's something to look forward to. Uh, just a quick update on the podcast war, which is I've sent an evite to Chessington World of Adventures to Geek News Radio who have yet to respond, but uh, I've told them to be there this Saturday and then we won't turn up and they will just stand there at the entrance crying 
until somebody takes pity on them and lets them in, but only to the zoo bit, not on any rides. Mm. And that'll yeah. show them. And while they're doing that, we'll be just going through their stuff. Sounds good. Yeah, I think I think it's a a very grown up and sensible way to deal with the conflict. I think so. Mm. So we'll um, we'll look forward to seeing what they have to say on Sunday after they've been just abandoned in the in the middle of a theme park in Surrey. This war is very fast paced. I mean, this weekly update of, of war is um is quite shocking. Really, I mean, it's remarkable how much uh, ground mm. we. If this was the Dad's Army bit at the beginning, we would be. I can't remember which side was the goodies, but the ones coming in from the sort of right and from the south, they were they looked like they were making a lot of early ground, so I assume they were the good guys. That's yeah, I think a, so. Yeah, definitely. They, they yeah. were definitely winning. Sort of like a, a yep. four-pointed star with a bit of like a right angle on, on the end of each prong. Um, yeah, they had some style, them guys. Mm. And then, yeah, the uh, the silly ones just stopping them from, from make, going through. It's like, fuck's sake, stop cock-blocking cock those other arrows. You yeah. colourful arrows, and uh, that's our bit about World War Two. So, <laughs> what a lot of fun we're having! All the coverage we're going to provide. Yes. Yeah. Um, if you if you want to know more, uh, go on to Google and search for World War Two. And yeah, there's literally four or five websites that have got a little bit of information about it. Um, you could probably buy a book as well if you want to there's probably a book do you reckon there's books been written about it um, I mean it seems likely I've not, not seen been. any but there must mm. have been you probably if you go to the library and, and ask somebody they'll probably have like a dusty one in, a, in an old section that, oh that's interesting nobody's ever wanted to read a book about that yeah mm. Yeah. one day they'll probably start making TV programs about it as well and then channel 5 will be laughing <laughs> so uh, some exciting news that the podcast may or, well, is probably going to be having a trip to Hull soon. One of our listeners, Danfan625, has invited us all to go with him to Hull in a few weeks' time. Cool. So, that's... uh, And, I mean, other listeners, I suppose, technically we can't stop them from going to Hull, can we? It's just we're not going to tell them exactly where we are. So is this this, uh, in, in order to experience the recommended... Whole, uh, yeah, all the culture. culture yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're presumably going to do the entire Rough Guy top ten. Um, mm. It makes sense to start with uh, number eight. Well, and it, it makes yeah. sense. To, it's the closest, so you know, it makes sense to yeah start with Hull. And if it's rubbish uh, when we're drunk, we'll just jump on a ferry to Amsterdam. Yeah, and mm. see what happens. So, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll probably do a, a podcast from the depths of Hull. Assuming we have internet there. Uh, well, I, I, we could record it on our phone and then uh, take it home. Well, let's not worry about the technology. We can uh, we can take an old tape recorder or something. Yep. Because you'll be able to buy loads of cassettes there, I would imagine. It's true. So, people of Hull, um, if you're listening, um, I don't know. We're like, very sorry. Just make us welcome and stuff and uh, try not to get across when it goes on fire. Sensible mm. advice. I think so. So, uh, any more for any more? No, I think we're, we've pretty much uh, exhausted our repertoire. Mm. Yep. Yep. 30, 31 episodes ago, I would say. <laughs> pretty yeah. much. Until next week, thanks for listening. I've been Graham, he's been Adam, he's been Dan, uh, he's been Tarquin. We don't talk about him, he's not allowed to speak. Uh, and that's the end. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Fuck's sake, Daniel. I know. Pay you attention. Go, you carry on. 